I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Sophie, no one ever gets in here from ARAB. I have never seen any girl from ARAB become a gamma alpha beta. And I was oh like, well, God. thank you so much. I, I don't know. I don't know what I did. I just, you know, myself. I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast that was shocked to learn that Elvira, Mistress of the Night, wasn't already out. I'm Carolyn Bergier. And I'm Melody Kamali. And today we're diking out with comedian Sophie Santos about sorority life. All right, let's give that Alpha, Gamma, Delta cheer going. Roll Tide. Know nothing about this, but we're gonna learn. We're all gonna learn. We're gonna. I learned so much. I learned a lot in the book, but we're gonna get to that first. We have some announcements. Oh my gosh! Tickets are on sale for our live diking out recording at Caveat on October thirteenth at nine thirty p.m. with the iconic and probably gonna become diconic. I don't know. I don't know if she'll ever identify as a dyke, but she's queer. Yeah. Jenna Lyons. The one and Jenna only. Jenna Lyons. Look her up if you're not familiar. It's going to be a great show with some great fashion choices. I think people are going to dress to impress even in the audience. At least that's what Jenna brings about in me. I already bought a shirt, Mel. Uh <laughs> Oh, I'm so stressed about yeah. what I'm going to wear that night. Yeah. In front of the Jenna Lyons. I don't know. I'm going to have to consult my 
fashion. It's more trends. stressful than when I knew that Leisha and Kate were coming to the it party. I was is. like, that okay, wild fang suit, got it. This I can't just wear. I'm going to rent the runway or something. Yeah. yeah. I think I'm going to rent the runway. Uh, Speaking of Alicia and Kate, we are still doing our watch parties at Henrietta Hudson. Why speaking of them? Remaining episodes. Why speaking of them? Because they were at. Yeah. Do you remember that? In case you don't remember. Did you forget? In case you didn't know. Listeners are. Watch parties for the L where Gen Q are just so hot. Even Kate Menning, Leisha, Haley are coming. And guess who came last week? Who? Ari and Mandy. Yes. AKA Danny and people were going wild. And she was going wild because she was there for her first kiss with Gigi. Sorry, not sorry if that's a spoiler. Whatever. We knew what's happening. Yeah. (laughs) The L word isn't really shy about foreshadowing. Yeah. (laughs) On its show. So that was so much fun to have her show up for that. You just never know. So we we've got uh, when this comes out, uh, a few more Mm -hmm. left. Right. A couple more. Two more. Two more. Okay, so two more. We we don't know. We we may go out with a bang. Uh, you, You just never. We find out sometimes hours before. And another important announcement, if you're not supporting us on Patreon, please consider it. One thing I want to remind our patrons who are already giving us at least $5 a month, did you know that you can load the RSS feed for our off-topic episodes? Our off-topic episodes are an episode that we do every week. We release a, a whole separate episode where Melody and I get very personal and gossipy, and it's great. And <laughs> we put those there, but some people forget to go to Patreon to listen. Well, you can copy the RSS feed. You get a personal RSS feed. Drop it in where you listen to your podcast, and that way it'll come up with your episodes of Diking Out. I feel like if more people did that, maybe I don't. I want to make sure people are listening to these because we are we are giving out the goods, spilling the tea. All right? Spilling so there's so much tea I can't even wipe it Overflowing. up. It's yeah, uh, and. If you're not a member of Patreon, Patreon really, like, I know you hear the ads on the podcast, but the ads that you hear us read in our voice, like, those are the ones that we make some money off of. The other ones, like, a lot of advertisers are hesitant to advertise with a podcast called Diking Out. So we've learned. We have a a lot of people that we pitch to, and it just doesn't seem to... To shake out. So uh, shout out to our sponsors who, you know, Best Fiends has been with us from the beginning. They are the ultimate ally. But it's the money from Patreon that really allows us to keep doing this week after week and to help us to grow and try to get better and get higher profile guests, all of that. So this is just my it's my NPR fundraising uh <laughs> pitch we try not to lean into it too hard but please patreon.com slash diking out it goes a long way it's a fun time also people if at the ten dollar month level you are making friends in our facebook group Uh, i love our facebook group people are making friends and meeting up irl and yeah following uh people's personal lives and their milestones and celebrating them or just celebrating people for being themselves and introducing themselves. So come on, make a friend. Let's go lesbians. Let's go. 
Did you let's go lesbian this week? Did, did you do anything gay? Did you gay? let's go lesbian this week? Because I'm actually still thinking of mine, you know? Okay. We're halfway through the week when we're recording this. So I got to, you know, I didn't get to be my full gay self. I'm going to have to come up with something. Great. I know you have something. Of course I have something. So it could be, you know, last night I did swing by a Dyke Beer event, though I think I've used that before, but Dyke Beer does have, and they don't pay us, but Dyke Beer, (laughs) I just genuinely love Dyke Beer. It was really funny at Hens when my mom came to the watch party, uh, Lisa asked what we wanted to drink and I said a Dyke Beer and my mom did like a double take. She was like, what? what did you just order? Like what, what? Like she was so confused, but then also really enjoyed it because it tastes good. So they came out with their fall pumpkin brew called witch please. And I love it. And it's delicious. And that's all I have to say about that. So that was gay. They were having like a, um, early 2000s theme party. So it was like Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, oh, like whoa. just blasting. Why didn't yeah. you tell me? It was so much fun. Ran into one of the uh, bartenders from Stonewall, ran into somebody who said, plugging again our L word watch parties, that our pre-show is the uh, the best part of the watch party that is better than the episode. So hire us, Showtime. You put a lot of work into it. Yes. The <laughs> other, if you live in other cities and you're going to the Showtime watch parties, word on the street is they are not as hot as ours that we, we have these the very hottest. seriously spent like yes so many hours <laughs> working on these it's ridiculous and it's validating when people compliment us on it or else it would just be like a psycho or else I'd be like why am I doing this with my life yeah, uh, yeah. my entire desktop is just like right oh, God. before I before I throw them all in the trash it's like 300 screen grabs Anyway, the gayest thing I did this week was that Cecilia and I went on a hike with two other dykes. Dykes on hikes. Yeah, yeah. It was a a double date dyke hike. And uh, it's a couple that I met. I mentioned once that uh, I went to Iman El Husseini's birthday party and I met a couple there and we've hung out a couple times since. But this was their first time meeting Cecilia and we all went on a hike together and we talked about uh, foraging and um, the craft of making guitars, which felt Stop. very gay. There was a lot of talk about Sleater Kinney and Carrie Brownstein. So that just the, exploding with gayness. That's mm-hmm. the gayest thing. That's it. What do you got? Okay, what did I come up with? You know, you are bringing up a repeat gay thing with the Dyke beer. So I'm allowed to. Okay. Okay. And this is going to be it for the rest of the year. Okay. Probably my last trip to Reese Beach. Reese Beach. Oh, (laughs) what? I live there. We got one more in. Today is actually the first day of fall. So it was technically summer still when I went last Sunday. As I mentioned on the last episode, friend of the show, past guest Ever Maynard is staying with me and Allie for three weeks. Um, Ever is in New York pretty much for the first time. We're showing all the sites, but I was like, nothing's going to compare to this. I was like, I, I just love watching people experience re-speech for the first time. What was their take? What was their review? Okay, at first they were um, like a little like... I was like, it's really body positive. It's like you're you're gonna see more people with 
uh, top surgery scars than not <laughs> some of the time. It's it's very fat bodies, skinny body, trans body. It is very accepting and it's beautiful. And um, that only made Ever feel, I think, a little intimidated. Ever will be getting top surgery. Ever's like, is that going to make me jealous? Is that going to trigger something? Um, and am I just going to feel like not cool enough? I think mm. Ever really built it up. Um but and that was the case at first. I think a little self-conscious was kind of like eyes darting, but uh, went in the water, like relaxed a little bit and then was just like I could see them taking it all in, walking around at one point turned to me. I was like, there's so many good boobs here. It is a topless beach. I mean, the babes were out. Yeah, yeah. it was it was beautiful uh, ever like relaxed and was like I. <laughs> could hear them on the phone with their mom afterwards just like gushing about how amazing of an experience it was how safe and accepted they felt there um so giving the gift of reese beach yet again has to be the gayest thing of the week i did also show up to the beach wearing the same bathing suit as past guest Lindsay Bowling. Lindsay came yes. with us and we were wearing this. I didn't know That's if that was planned Instagram or not. Too. No, yeah. not planned. Didn't even know okay. she I also owned that. I thought that was planned that. to promote the mic. That's funny. No, no, no. Me, yeah, Lindsay and I are also, if you're trying to get into comedy uh, and you live in the tri-state area or New York and you want to try stand up, I know open mics can be intimidating. Um, Lindsay Bowling, a lesbian, and I are bringing back this open mic that was historically pretty intimidating intimidating the pine box open mic uh in bushwick wednesdays it was like an open mic you used to go to to like you would write material and mic at other mics throughout the week and then go there and then it would be a bunch of like heavy hitters very male dominated very aggressive um intimidating open mic i went there and bombed (laughs) when i first moved here and cried on the way home it's so intense there and so we want to make it we want to bring it back because it was a popular one, but we want it to be like queer, a lot of women, non-binary people. We just want it to be fun. And um, I think two queer hosts is definitely a step in the right direction for this open mic. So, All right. Every Wednesday, follow Melody on Instagram if you're not already yeah to get the deets on that tri-state area like they're gonna come in from buffalo <laughs> i don't know once i talked about reese beach and people came in from jersey well that's a little bit different yeah, okay yeah it is it is still an open a day mic. at the beach for <laughs> an open mic you're really not talking it up it's not america's got talent <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a positive it's vibes open mic in the okay back of a dive bar. okay Speaking of good vibes, today we are diking out with comedian Sophie Santos about sorority life. Does that name, Sophie Santos, sound familiar? Because if you listen to our U-Hauling episode, that could be why. Or maybe you're following the Lesbian Agenda, which is Sophie's monthly show at Union Hall. And now you can learn so much more about her in her new memoir out October 1st. Let's get to it. Oh my gosh, we have Sophie Santos diking out with me again, but with Melody for the first time. Sophie, it's so good to see you. It's so good to see you through the internet. I'm very excited. Um, I'm excited to be back, back in a big way. Yes. Oh yeah. Thanks for having me. This is my first time seeing you through the internet. Usually we see each other IRL. Yes, we do. Yes, what a do. privilege <laughs> this is great. in these times. We're having, we're like making moments together and I'm really excited about that. 
So for any newer listeners, Sophie was on a past episode a while ago about U-Hauling, where we talked about one of my favorite neighborhoods in Brooklyn, Cobble Hill, uh, <laughs> and then also did a Patreon episode um, about being... Uh, told that you and your partner look like sisters oh we, we had a <laughs> yes I think it was like a 20 minute chat about all the times we've been mistaken for sisters instead of lovers so those are fun those are still available if you're a patron or if uh you know all of our past episodes are up on the catalog so check that out to um learn about past Sophie but you are back here because you have a book out but before we get into that melody do your thing yes we want to hear about current Sophie (laughs) Sophie we gotta know what is the gayest thing you did this week um well it's a two-parter okay I think the gayest I think the gayest thing that I did was um there was a nail um in the floorboard and um I hammered it in And I was like, I like fist pumped after I did it. Like I was so proud of myself. (laughs) Also, I've been watering my plant. I was like not taking care of my plant for a while, which I know plant lovers, I'm really, really sorry. The main (laughs) reason why I didn't was because it was like at a height that I couldn't get to. And I'm a Taurus. So I just like, you know, nice. That's not really an excuse. I don't know how to make that an excuse, but um, I, but it's important information nonetheless. <laughs> but maybe, I was going to ask anyways. Yeah, great. And maybe that will relate to some people, but it was like so high I couldn't get to it. And I was also being lazy at the time, but I've been really, really like wanting to take care of this plant. And my plant has never looked more beautiful in its life. And I just was like, I like look at it and like take care of it like it's my child. And it's the best. That's actually only part one. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to say somewhat yes. related to that. Okay. I gave Cecilia a peace lily when she first moved into um her studio when we first started dating. So I gave that to her as like an apartment warming gift. And the peace lily, once the flower kind of went away, the plant was still alive, but it never bloomed again until two weeks ago. So five years later, it's bloomed again. So now every morning I go in and I greet the the blossoms and I sing to them. Um, And I feel like that's a related, really gay thing that I just had to share with plants. Continue, Sophie. I'm sorry. No, I mean, that's really I mean, maybe I think it's a change in energy. So, like, I think just keep feeding it that energy. They are alive. They yeah, they are breathing things. Um, I think they'd actually be, even be offended to be called things. So they are breathing. They're part of our community. They're part of our community. <laughs> so I think that's a good, I think what you're doing is good. And then the other part yeah. is that, um, we just had the lesbian agenda again, which is a show that I host mainly at union hall, but we're also starting to take it out on the road. Um, we're going to do a show in LA October 5th. So I don't know when this comes out, but if, if it does come out before, yes. come to yes. go to dynasty typewriter, October 5th. Um, and Lesbian Agenda is a very serious show. Yes. Where we try to enforce our new world order with our agenda, like casting Rachel Weiss in every lesbian movie until she becomes a lesbian. Yes. You know, <laughs> very simple, very simple things like that. Um, and we had a banging show. It was sold out. Um, every it was com- awesome. Every comic. Thank you. Yeah. Melody was there. Every comic was fire like the vibe was just really good we we talked about how drake is now a lesbian 
backed it up with facts. <laughs> if you need more, he's always in his feelings. So I rest my case. Um, yep. <laughs> we talked about how Timothy Chalamet has upped his lesbianism because of ring culture, which again is because of us. So you're welcome. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then we always talk about the L word, but I do like a little ditty where I sing about the sex scenes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw a, a G-Bet clip. <laughs> yes. A G-Bet? Is that what they're called now? Is that That's the- what they're G-bet. calling them. Yeah. Oh, wow. G-Bet. G-Bet. Yeah. Mm. Very, <laughs> ooh, G-bet. Very French. Yeah. Yeah. And I like to play the sex scenes behind me while talking about how life was going okay until I watched said sex scene. So I keep just changing the song uh, to fit whatever hot sex scene happened. Um, you know, great way to start a show. So it was really Love good. It. I had the Excellent. best time. Melody, I hope you had a good time. I had such a good time. Truly, everyone crushed the dyke energy in that room. Uh, I haven't been in a room like that (laughs) in quite some time, especially after getting vaccinated. Just wow. I don't know. Your songs were so funny. My favorite thing is when you present the lesbian agenda and it's just like an aside you do and you're like, we did that. (laughs) That kills me every time. It does feel serious. I love it. I don't know. It's the Capricorn in me. Just like an agenda. Like, I, <laughs> Here we I go. love it. It yeah. was such a good show. Well, you're right. Because it, it is serious. So and if anyone yes. who doesn't take it seriously, then they're missing the point. Um, so mm-hmm. we, we do have our boots on the ground always. We're always around. <laughs> and it's crazy. Yes. I, I mean, it's just it, the way we've taken over this year is actually pretty incredible. But anyway, so those, <laughs> are the, those are the gayest. Those, I think those are the gayest uh, things that I've done, which probably pretty gay. I think. I mean, it's only Thursday. Because what else is going to yeah. happen? Wow. I love it. We have you back here because we love you. But also you. you have a book that is out. Yes. Tell our listeners about it. <laughs> uh, well, it comes out October 1st. The one you want to marry. And other identities I've had. And other identities I've yes. had. I had to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a long, it's a long winded thing. We love uh, it. It's great. So it comes out October 1st. I'm really excited. It's a memoir. Um, it is a comedic memoir, hopefully. Yes. And <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the validation. And yeah, it's basically it's separated in, into three phases. It's a coming into your own story, which is the simplest way to put it. But with those three phases, it discusses me in my early childhood, you know, where I'm like a rambunctious tomboy and playing tackle football with the boys. Then I go through puberty and I become a pageant queen and I go to the University of Alabama and I'm a sorority girl. And then um, I have a mental breakdown, seriously, like a very like <laughs> was in an outpatient facility um, for anxiety and OCD. And then um, I come to New York and be a comedian and <laughs> and all the way. I realized that the natural progression, the natural progression, right. classic story, <laughs> classic story. You've heard it of, so of many Army times. Brat to pageant queen <laughs> to sorority, mental breakdown. The tale is all this time. Yes, yes. I think yes. the mental breakdown to comedian is that's kind what of I the, meant. Yeah. The, yeah, that's the <laughs> that actually is real. That, that actually, yeah, that actually does yeah. add up. But um, as far as the rest of it being tale is all this time, <laughs> yeah, we do. We we've all heard the story, right? It's in the storybooks. <laughs> And then along the way, obviously realizing that I'm gay, but it is a coming out story, but it is way more about coming into my own. And that's why I want, like, I I think people who are obviously queer will definitely want to read it. But I, I encourage people that aren't, you know, to also read it because I think there's just a lot of fun stuff in there that. Um, is relatable to just the human experience. And wow, that was really serious. (laughs) 
Let me tell you one part that was not relatable for me, Sophie, and that was where um, you're playing truth or dare and you get dared to make out while topless with your friend and (laughs) no one ever dared me to do that. Why not? Any friends from high school listening? Why didn't you dare me to make out topless with my lady crush? What's happening? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Well, I don't know why that didn't happen to you. I'm really, I'm, I, I'm sorry, but I'm also not sorry because like, let's think of, we got to unpack that because basically in that situation, I'm with my best friend from high school who at the time I just like was super obsessed with and just like wanted to be, was just like always wanted to be around her. Yeah. And I didn't know why, but I was always wanted to be around Emma And she was like the most light girl in school. And she was just like in the popular group and was just so nice and was so pretty. And her hair was just so pretty. And I just remember always just like wanting to just like run into her in the hallway. You know, we have like five minutes between class. And anyway, we did it. We were best friends and we'd hang out all the time. And at the, at the time she was, uh, she had a boyfriend, of course, and he, she was like, what if we all hang out? We do like kind of like a double date. And of course, like when you're the single friend, you just get thrown with the the boyfriend's friend who's like obviously not great, you know, especially like yeah, this, yeah. this is in Alabama, too. So it's not going to be great, you know, um, <laughs> And it was more of a man friend than a boyfriend, too. So yeah, then there's that, yeah, exactly. That. I mean, the, also the other layer to this that I'm not saying is that he was the boyfriend was 23 and we were and we yeah. were 16, which is legal in Alabama. So right. I did get Normal. that checked out. Um, it is right. legal. So that's why I'm able to talk about it. Um, and it was there was consent. Um, with her and her parents. That's all I'll say. I don't know. <laughs> no, right. No, yeah. <laughs> no further questions. I'm not involved. <laughs> but that evening, they we were playing Truth or Dare, and they asked us to make out. And um, now, normally, I wouldn't condone men daring two women to make out because it's disgusting right. and misogynistic and it's not about them and it belittles us and it makes us makes it seem like it's for their pleasure not our pleasure and there's just so many things right. i could write right. a dissertation on it <laughs> but in this situation <laughs> it was an opportunity for me right and i didn't have to ask right they asked us and she said yes and we made out and I felt like my insides, my intestines fell on the floor. <laughs> and when it was done, I was like, this is over too soon. But I, <laughs> of course I couldn't say anything. And we all like shimmy back to our bedrooms. I'm with the friend, she's with her boyfriend. And the whole time I'm like laying in bed, I'm just like staring at the ceiling, just like thinking about her, like in a sea of pillows, like, is she having sex? Is she not? If she is having sex, like, what is that like for her? And like really putting myself like in her shoes next to her, like just imagining all of these things. And in addition to that, because of this, this was a, I was like on a high, I was like an addict and I needed it again. And so I really wanted to hang out again. And I was like, so hell bent on it, but I had to play it cool. Yeah. Because again, I just wanted to hang out as friends and I just wanted to make out as friends. 
but I didn't need to let her know that. And so we didn't end up hanging out again, all four of us for another month, which was the worst month of my life. The longest month. (laughs) The longest month. I'm counting down days, hours, minutes. It's really just a struggle. And we get back to the house. We're all in the same positions. And for the first like two hours, they don't ask us to make out. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? And I was fucking pissed. I was like, this is why I'm here. I know no one else knows this, but this is why I'm here. And then they finally asked us to make out two hours later. And of course I'm being coy and I'm like, well, do you, you want to, did you, do you, do you want to do that? You know, you know, and they asked us to do it topless, which that's a dip. That was a different level for me because I was like, sorry, go ahead, Carolyn. I'm no, no, that I was a genuine gasp. Oh, (laughs) yeah. When I was, I was like, oh my gosh, when I was reading, I mean, first of all, I applaud you the first time, like, I was joking before that I actually do not wish anybody had dared me to do that because I would have like ran out of the room and like never hung out with anybody ever again. I'd be like, oh, if I, I would have been so like petrified and like embarrassed and felt like they know, like, you know. Yeah, no, I know. And the thing is, is like, that's a normal response. <laughs> I didn't know. That's how I think that was like my saving grace throughout all of this because I was in Alabama and I was in like really like deep, deep, like red state, Alabama. Like, I mean, I know it's all red state, but like I was in a, I mean, I lived in a small town called Arab, you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Which I had heard of before. Yeah. (laughs) So from me or in general, in general. Wow. Yeah. Huge. I used to live in Atlanta, so close to Alabama. Okay, cool. So great. I'm glad that you, I'm glad that you, I'm actually, I don't know if I'm glad that you know about it, but it is, it is comforting, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't imagine all this crazy shit that happened to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the normal response, but I was just so such a late bloomer that I just didn't know. I didn't know. So I think that was the saving grace for me. And, um, but yeah, when they asked us to make out topless, and we did. And that's, that's, I mean, for me, that was like, I, I mean, it, it was like two amoebas just like floating around <laughs> together. And I felt like I, you know what, you know what, you know what it felt like? It felt like the moment, do you remember Pearl Harbor, the movie? <laughs> yep. Do you remember when <laughs> I remember she, both? I'm really old. Do you remember when she, when you remember when she, um, I don't remember the character's names, but I think it's Josh Harnett and the woman and they're making out in this in the white curtains oh my oh, god and they're having yeah. sex in the white curtains Kate Beckinsale, right oh my how yeah. could i forget oh yeah so hot dreamy and they're like in the white curtains i believe it's josh harnett and not ben affleck because this was that was the whole thing and they're just like you know having sex this one last time and it's just like curtains and just you know the rush of everything <laughs> and that's what i was feeling and that's what i was imagining what was happening I, you know, of course it stopped and that, that's not what it was for her. And, um, <laughs> but I will say that every once in a while, when I would spend the night at her place solo, um, I would mm. casually ask her if she'd, she, if she'd like to make out and she'd say, yeah. And we'd just make, yeah. we'd make out a little bit and then we, then we go to bed. Do uh, you still talk to her? Yeah. Where is she now? Um, she is now in Alabama. She is married and has a kid. None of that's shocking. I saw her for the first time at my high school reunion. It was insane. I'm not going to lie. Being at my high school reunion, which a lot of people were like, why why are you going to your high school reunion? And I was like, I just need to know 
I just need to know like, yeah. what's going on with all these people. Selfishly, yeah. I was also writing the book. So I was like, this could be good content. <laughs> but I also just kind of feel like I was always, I was never really myself. And I wanted to kind of show up and finally be me. Yeah. As scary as it was. Um, and, you know, being gay, I was wearing uh, like chinos, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask, what was the fit? What were you wearing? Yeah, I was wearing like chinos. I was wearing, you know, a chain, you know, I've got yeah. like Buck Mason, anybody? Buck Mason. And I saw her and I mean, it wasn't like feelings rushed back, but it was like, it was almost like we had never, our friendship had like just resumed and we ended up having the best night. We didn't talk about it. We don't need to talk about it, but she yeah, was so, right. she was so happy for me for being out and proud. And honestly, it ended up being like one of the best nights of my life. Everyone was incredibly supportive. Everyone wow. was so cool with me being gay. And like one of the girls that I fought with about politics, you know, about like abortion and, you know, it was a dry town. So like they were trying to get alcohol, they were trying to sell alcohol in our town and the churches came out and wouldn't let it happen. And she was definitely on the side of like alcohol will poison the children. And this one particular person like sat me down and was just like, you were right. You oh, were wow. right all along. You know, when we would fight in history class as 16 year olds, <laughs> I was like, wow. I was like, I mean, that I was happen often. No, and I was like, I was also, I was like, well, I was 16, you know, and I thought, you know, I thought it was a shit, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, I do still support Obama and like, <laughs> yeah, like I did then. And, um, <laughs> But she's just like, yeah, and she did, had a 180 and I, you know, not because of me, but it was just nice to realize, oh, there's actually some pretty cool people down there that are making some change happen. So love that. that's awesome. Yeah. Love yeah. to hear it. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Well, 
As much as we want to talk about topless makeouts, uh, we are diking out about sororities today, which is a topic that you cover in a bunch of chapters in your book. And I'm glad you wanted to dike out about this today because there are a lot of lesbians and queer women and queer folks who, um, who I've met over the years and it's always the ones I would never guess were like, I was in a sorority. Like, my ex-wife was in a sorority. Uh, the former co-host of this podcast was in a sorority. Yeah. We just interviewed, like, the dykiest of yeah. dykes. And she, like, sang her sorority song. And it really took us back. So effortlessly, like, <laughs> like it was yesterday. Yeah, and it's yeah, always, it's like, like a, it's a thing. mask of center lesbian um usually that we talk to who surprises us with that information so like it is a tale as old as time let's bring it back to that it is a tale as old as time Um, (laughs) it is the journey um and yeah i don't know why there are so many i mean it makes sense on paper right okay you're a closeted lesbian you get in a group of women that of uh, that where you're surrounded by 300 women every single day it seems <laughs> like nuts it seems like that's a very calculated calculated move right um <laughs> and and smart so i do i understand like on paper but i also yeah. feel like for the most part and i at least i can say for me i can't say speak for any of these other people but um Again, I was a late bloomer, still didn't realize that I was a lesbian. So I was just doing it because I had been to, I, you know, I went to high school in Alabama and I had to figure out college and I wanted to go to school in New York and it didn't work out. And my mom was like, you know, I ended up applying to just basically a couple Southern schools and ended up settling on Alabama, mainly because of financial reasons in-state tuition, baby. Mm-hmm. And my mom was a former pageant queen and was a former sorority girl and suggested that I sign up and was just like, I think it's the best way to make friends, you know, which again, on paper it is, you get 300 friends the moment that you accept your bid, you know, I mean, with that, what do you say? What's the word with that comes a, you know, it's, it's not, but there's like some sort of wise tale of, I'm, I'm of how like it's uh, it's not what it seems, right? Yes, you get 300 friends, but what's the baggage, right? That we don't really yeah, at yeah. what cost? At what yeah. cost? There you go. That's a very simple English language thing. Um, at what cost? Um, which I didn't know at the time, um, and so that's why I did it. That's truly the only reason why I did it, and I kind of fought her on it too, uh, and she kind of forced her way into it for me because she was legacy. <laughs> You were legacy. I was a legacy, which for a lot of people, I don't know if they know, a legacy (laughs) means it just feels so, it's so regal, you know. Um, Right. (laughs) Next in line. Queen of (laughs) A-Rab. No, 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 no. Can't get over A-Rab. I know. Never will. I know. (laughs) We might have to unpack A-Rab later, but um, (laughs) I was technically a legacy of Delta Gamma, which actually is a very good sorority. Very good sorority. I think their charity is about eyes, about the health of eyes. I don't know why. Whatever, but, you know, people don't pay attention to it as much. And so I was legacy for that. But I, they didn't have a DG in Alabama. 
And so what she did is she talked to her best friend from college and her best friend from college, her daughter was the rush chair of basically the equivalent of DG of dare I say the best sorority on campus. Not going to say it wasn't. It was. <laughs> we also had the best grades for 20 years in a row. It also inspired the title of your book. We were also called The Ones You Want to Marry. And yeah. um, it was the hardest sorority to get into. And I uh, and I was up for the challenge because I'm always up for challenges. And I'm a, again, I'm a Taurus. Um, yeah. And uh, that now tracks. Um, and, and yeah, and so then, uh, and then that's how I kind of was able to get in with this, you know, the upper chalots of, of, <laughs> of the Alabama girls. Yeah. I mean, I, I think a lot of it has to do too with where you go to college, because a lot of people I know who go to more like rural schools, like that's just what you do. You just rush and almost everybody's or doing just like it. Big 10 schools, like big right universities. Yeah. Yeah, whereas I went to a school that you took a minor dig at in your book. I thought I bookmarked the page. To oh, call I, it I was I knew you were going Boston to. University. You said not even I didn't even get into Boston, even University. Boston University. I was like, University. is Carolyn going to bring this? <laughs> well, Everyone's number one backup school. Yeah. Well, they did. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So you you said it. Everyone's no everyone's number one backup school, but didn't even accept me. So, yeah, I was pissed at them. I was pissed at all the schools that decided not to let me in to their pearly no, gates. It, it is funny because I didn't know, like, how far the reputation of everybody's backup school was Boston. That was my, like, that was the school I wanted to go to. And then I went there and learned that it was just everyone who didn't get into NYU. I didn't know that. I thought it was, like, a coveted, like, everyone was trying to get in there. I had no idea. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying. I was trying very yeah. hard. I was trying very hard. <laughs> and they didn't take me seriously, which again, why would they? I went to a high school called Arab, Arab High School. Why would you? <laughs> They're like, this is a joke. They, really? I think they just tossed it out. They were like, this is literally spam. This is someone asking for money. <laughs> yeah. I will say, I don't think I met anybody at school who was from Alabama. So it it tracks. But you know, I remember when I was looking at colleges and I went to go visit Florida State University in Tallahassee. And had I gone there, like, no doubt I would have rushed a, a sorority because I remember my first like, like real what I thought was real exposure to a sorority was, um, do you remember the show MTV's Sorority Life? You were probably too young. I don't maybe when it came because I was a little too young and I think Sophia a couple years younger than me or like it was 2002 the show came out it ran from 2002 to 2004 but I knew about it because the second season of Sorority Life and Fraternity Life took place at the University of Buffalo so one of my friends was actually in the Fraternity Life show <laughs> But the sorority life, I, I watched it because I was like, OK, what what's this about? And, and I was like still in high school and very curious. And it seemed like an extension of student council. And I was like a student council nerd. Yeah. I love student council. I thought it was the best thing. So then I'm watching sorority life. I'm like, oh, this is just what student council is. In college, mm -hmm. it's get like like you have themes, you have crafts, you have service, you have <laughs> like all these events and stuff. 
Leadership, making uh, strong women to speak in front of their husbands correctly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. All the tools that you need. But what were the representations of sororities that you saw? I mean, I guess being in Alabama, you were probably around, had met a lot of people who had been through the sorority experience or who aspired to be in sorority just ingrained in the culture right because growing up in Connecticut I I don't I never knew anything about and I still don't and I have so many questions um (laughs) but you're it's just used to it it's weird because I actually wasn't super ingrained in it because I did go to such a small school and a lot of the kids that went to school with me ended up you know going to community community college first or they would go to like, and there's no shade on the, this. These are really, these are actually really good schools, but they would go to like, you know, University of Alabama, Birmingham or University of Alabama, Huntsville. So I kind of was like one of the only ones that went to Alabama. Um, mm. And I was wow. the only one from my high school that rushed. So oh, wow, I okay. was, yeah. And so even when I was doing it, I was actually, you know, the peasant because everyone else was from like, Birmingham, you know, which is like the big city girls, everyone's from, you know, or at least Huntsville, you know, so for me, rushing from Arab was a big deal. And even when I got in, people were like, Sophie, no one ever gets in here from Arab. I have never (laughs) seen any girl from Arab become a Gamma Alpha Beta. And I was oh like, well, God. thank you so much. I, I don't know. I don't know what I did. I just, you know, myself. And she was just like, yeah, I don't, I mean, congrats girl, but like, wow, I just don't, you know, this doesn't happen, you know? So it was like, it, I was like a novelty in so many ways, yeah. you know, yeah. I was also like the most person of color. Like I was the person of color. There was no, there were no people <laughs> of color. They didn't really know what to make of me. Um, a lot of people, Also just brown hair. Was that <laughs> right, right? That was like that exotic. was yeah. That was very exotic. The brown hair was very exotic for them. So um, I actually remember on bid day when I got in, and on bid day at Alabama, what you do is you go to Bryant Denny Stadium, which is where Alabama plays Roll Tide, and um, you. I'm wait, a, pause. Wait, you have to explain Roll Tide for <laughs> Melody. That we're going to get back to it. What is Roll Tide? I don't understand. <laughs> what it is or means again because i lived in georgia i know about roll tide but so what is the tide roll tide so the tide what is, is it rolling to the, the the crimson tide is the alabama football team okay. um and roll tide is just like what we say as far as just like it is a colloquialism for you know the the game you know like whenever someone scores a touchdown or whenever there's a good play you know, you're like roll tide. That's just like, that's your, like the, the, the call, the anthem, but it is so ingrained in society now that you do actually, you can say it for anything, you know, baby was born, (laughs) roll tide, just had a great coffee, roll tide. Right. There was a bachelorette contestant or not even contestant, the bachelorette. Oh yeah. It was from Alabama. Yeah. 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 So they were just throwing it around for everything. And I didn't, I was like, Oh, you really can say it as a celebratory anything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. It's a celebratory anything, but it can also just be like, you know, and and used in a solemn way as well, where it's like, you know, wow, great. You know, my papa, he lived a good life and I, 
I know he's up there thinking about all of us. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. <laughs> okay, I get it. You know, it. so, um, and, and it's, it is ingrained in me. I say, I mean, I say y'all all the time. Um, I, yeah, and I say Roll Tide. Actually, very funny. I don't know if this is going to be a video, but this is actually my pom-pom from games. And oh, it, my God. And it, and it is on my desk. It is literally on my desk. Um, Roll Tide. Real tight, and you can't see, but over here there's a there's a, a beautiful um, Etsy painting of Bryant Denny Stadium. <laughs> so it's a big deal to me. Um, all right, all um, right. I was picturing the pendant. Oh, the pendant. Yeah, no, we're not. Yeah, we don't really no. do pendants. That's that's okay. that's not really our thing. But <laughs> but I appreciate it. Um, okay, and I appreciate you explaining that. Thank you. <laughs> you're you're welcome. You're welcome. So roll tide. But um, yeah. So you're at the stadium. I'm at the stadium, and what they do is like on bid day, um, all of the girls, and we're talking like three thousand yeah. girls because there's like sixteen sororities. I can't really do the math, but basically where it works yeah. out is like around. I said 300 earlier, but like around two over 200 girls will be in a pledge class, which is the, the new like freshman class for that, for said sorority. So if it's all divvied up, um, then it all mathematically works, right? Listeners, you can do the math. So many, so So many, many so many people. Yeah. So, so it was insane. Um, so statistically, there has to be how many gays? Right, <laughs> right, right. Statistically, there has to be a lot more there than has, Sophie. Yeah. There has more to be more than Sophie. Be. And if only I had known, I could have made something happen. Um, mm-hmm. And so, what you do is like when you get you, so you sit there, and there are these like sergeants, basically called rokais, and they're just like there's just like grand marshals and sergeants, and they're very serious and they hand you out your bid card and they make you, you know, sit on it. And then you have to wait until they, you know, confetti goes off and then you open up your bid card and then it tells you what you are. And by the way, if you didn't get into into a sorority, they don't let you suffer the humiliation. They do call you the night before. So if you don't Uh, get a call, that's good. Then you Mm -hmm. got into a sorority. It might not be the sorority of your choice, but you did get into a sorority. If you didn't, you do get a call. Um, and that's actually very serious because a lot of girls, um, that's the night that people are on suicide watch. Yeah, that was a shocking part. I mean, I guess yeah. not, but it is taken so seriously and you're probably so exhausted too, rushing and just mentally fatigued and pressure. It's really devastating because there are, so I worked at, uh, Georgia tech briefly at one point in my life and, wow. um, one of my clients that I had there, um, yeah, I was like going by Greek row, you know, all the time walking through campus. But one of my clients, his daughters were uh, attending school there. They were um, looking to rush and they didn't get in and they were like devastated. And he was like trying to it, it was weird that the dad was like interfering in their rush and like trying to get it. I'm like. I just were I can't pull favors for sorority. I have nothing to do with Greek life on yeah. campus. He was like, they won't stop crying. Like my Please. daughters won't stop crying. Please, you have to do something. And I'm like, oh my god. But because you think like this is gonna be my life, this is gonna be my college experience, and you're banking on that. 
Yeah. Oof. And for some people, it's like their entire lives. They've have been, they've been waiting for this moment, you know, like, yeah. um, most of the time, if you're legacy, it's going to work out. But if, right. you, but even if you are, it might not. I remember the first day of rush cause rush is two weeks by the way. And I remember the first day of rush, this one girl, and she was super cute. I don't know what the problem was. She was super cute. I was like, Oh, this girl's going to get like ass back to every single sorority. She got dropped by this one sorority she wanted to be in. Mm. The next day, I didn't see her. And everyone was like, yeah, um, Mary Beth, she transferred to Ole Miss. And I was like, wow. this bitch transferred to Ole Miss? To Ole Miss to do Rush because she wow. didn't get into the sorority. I couldn't believe it. And then I see oh photos of her later in the sorority that she wanted at Ole Miss. And I'm like, well, girl, I'm glad it worked out for you. But I mean, it's, in, it's I intense. I goosebumps shit. for that. That was chilling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> intense. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I think a lot of people actually now know about Alabama Rush because Alabama Rush was huge on TikTok just recently. Did you guys see all this? I learned about this at the lesbian agenda. Oh, wow. Caroline. I didn't see this. Yeah. Okay. No. So this was huge. So this year, and you know, obviously because of like Gen Z and everything, everyone's on TikTok. This year, um, Alabama Rush went viral because girls were posting videos um, of their outfit of the days. So OOTD. Right. Because mm-hmm. I know so much about TikTok. <laughs> Um, and it was like, it, I mean, they were getting millions and millions and millions of views. And so it was all these girls that were just like standing in front of the mirror. It was really funny. I, I, I particularly like the ones where they were, well, they're all in their dorm room and they're all wearing like really expensive dresses. Cause that was also the thing is like, you're not getting like shit from target. You are getting stuff from like Lily Pulitzer you know, mm-hmm. even, I mean, I would even say Ann Taylor is like, no, like you're, it's like really expensive, free people, right? Like $300 yeah. dresses. And think about this two weeks and you're wearing a different dress every day. I mean, thousands and thousands, and thousands of dollars. But for the sake of this example, girls would be in their dorm room and they'd be like, hi, um, this is day one of sisterhood. Um, my my dress is from Target. My rings are from Target, and my um, my shoes are from my mima who died. But you know, I'm thinking about her and uh and roll tide. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, it's all coming back. Um, and it was ri- it was written about like in the cut and Insider, MSNBC. And I was like, well, this is perfect timing. This is perfect timing for my book to come out. Yeah. I was like, thank you, <laughs> yeah. TikTok. Um, of course, I've, now I'm making it about me. But um, but yeah, it was... As you should. It was... It was. It went viral, and I and people were like, "This is a fucking thing." I'm like, "Bitch, I've been talking about how this is a thing. <laughs> this is a fucking thing, you know." And it's still going, which is, you know, I'm not surprised. It's always gonna go. It's always gonna keep going. Well, I know what rabbit hole I'm going down after this. <laughs> right. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, you can find all the old ones on there. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, for for the reasons you explained um, before, it's like all these women. I mean, I was definitely curious about joining a sorority, but then where I went to school, Boston University, they didn't have houses, one thing, because there, there's like a rule that any 
house with like more than five women is considered like a whorehouse or yeah. a brothel. The, the brothel laws. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've yeah. heard this, yes. So like that that was the whole thing. So it just seemed like sororities like like you were almost weird if you joined a sorority at my school and it definitely did feel like it was more like the really rich something the like the richest of the students did but I there's one thing that I will never forget that really scared me off of it was somebody was talking about um like pledging and you know, all, all this stuff you have to go through. And there's like, oh, yeah, I heard at this one sorority, there's a test they make you do and they make all the girls put a tissue in their underwear and then make them watch lesbian porn and see how wet the tissue gets. Oh, my, oh my God. God. And then I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. I was like, OK, first of all, like straight women watch lesbian porn and like, you know, just because you get turned on by lesbian porn doesn't mean anything. But also it just seemed like so like lesbophobic and like how much of the like wow. lesbophobia did you experience in your time or like was that? Are they more polite about it down south? <laughs> no, I mean... That was brutal Boston. Yeah, wow. There was definitely a rumor that one of the girls was a lesbian, and she is now, and she's out and proud, and so I'm proud of her. But, um, okay, first of all, that's insane, and that's disgusting that they made them do that. They didn't really haze us. I mean, they did haze us, but, like, in stupid ways, where we, like, had to know everyone's name and hometown and the whole sorority. And then we'd have, like, yeah. signing parties where we'd have to go literally go up to the older girl you know, and be like, hi, you're Sarah Thompson from Florence, Alabama. And they'd be like, no, I'm Sarah Thomas, you know, and they just like <laughs> yell at you. And so like things like that, like, so there really wasn't any sort of hazing um, because also like we were supposed to be classy, right? So everything was labeled under being classy, but like the rules were still insane. If you wanted to smoke cigarettes, which they didn't want you to do, but if you did and you wanted to like make yourself look like trash, according to them, <laughs> then you had to sit and smoke with your legs crossed or um, we couldn't dance on platforms. So like anything that was higher than the floor and okay. they would say these sororities dance on platforms, gem alpha betas do not, you know, you couldn't come to dinner with your hair wet. You couldn't, it's just like things like that, which are like, you know, stupid and insane um, and still and, and neurotic, but it wasn't like homophobic. And also, I mean, I'm sure it was, but again, I'm not doing anything that's going to make people question like, cause, because we were the ones you wanted to marry. And that's like a big point of the, of the second section of the book is that I, you know, I, I'm someone who wants to be good at everything and anything yeah. I put my mind to. And they were like, you're the one, we're the ones you want to marry. And I said, Oh, if that's the case, <laughs> <laughs> watch out boys. Cause I'm about to, I'm about to fucking marry the shit out of you. So I'm off. I'm off to the races trying to find my man, and that's at what I'm socials. doing. socials, <laughs> at these socials, at these swaps. We call them swaps. Oh, oh no. <laughs> we call them swaps, but it is based. It's the same. It's just where a fraternity and sorority get together, and you try to find your husband. And I try to find my husband twice a week, and slept with so many guys, <laughs> and was like, "Why isn't this working? Why don't I like this?" So I was off to the races and, and, and wanted to make sure that I not only was married by the time that I graduated, because that's really, that's what they 
sort of the hope. Goal. That was the goal. Yeah. That's what they secretly hoped for. But like I wanted the, I wanted all of the pomps and circumstances that went with it. Like if you got engaged, you got a candlelight ceremony, which is like kind of like a seance where all the girls stand around you and hold candles and you talk about your, your proposal. And as you get ushered up the stairs and you know, you're a new woman now. And I like wanted all of those things. I was like, that sounds really fucking cool. So I was deep into that. Did you like really want those things or you just thought like, I'm supposed to want these things? I think I trained myself to want those things. I think I, something was off, like something was not working. And definitely when I was like sleeping with men, I was like, I don't like this. And but of course I'm ingrained to think, and I think society as women were ingrained to think, you know, well, you just haven't found the right dick yet. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm thinking. And as far as like, but I did at the time, like really, I really wanted it because I just wanted it to be easy. I'm like, well, everyone else around me is doing it. And I was also very influenced at the time. I'm now I have a backbone, but at the time I was very influenced by anything right. that I was around and probably has to do with me being a military kid and moving around and being a chameleon. And so this was like my next chameleon move. That makes sense. Yeah. But I really, really, really wanted it up until I just like, I kind of cracked and I was like, something, something's not happening. Something's not right. And I can't seem to make a connection with any of these men. And also any of these fraternity men, which why would you? (laughs) It's not like they're even (laughs) the best men out there. They're fraternity boys. Like Alabama fraternity boys too. (laughs) 100%. Yeah. There was a tipping point for me in my queerness. By my sophomore year, I am dating this guy, dating this guy Hudson, and we're like perfect for each other and perfect for each other because we're both secretly gay and don't know it. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I love that. And we were like, you know, I would like, we would be like bitchy to each other and um, I loved <laughs> hanging out with him. I didn't like sleeping with him, but I loved hanging out with him even though he was my boyfriend. So the way it works at Alabama is any sort of big party, any sort of away party, like for the weekend is all only fraternities can have them like gay. Like there's even just like when it comes to seating at Alabama football games, there's the student section, but within the student section, there's the Greek section, which are the best seats. And the Greek section is block seating. And those seats are only fraternities. So you have to be one of the fraternities dates dates yep to get to get in that seat so it's all based around you know redlining districts and getting your women in line like that's just yeah it's just it's just a precursor that's all this is right so anyway so i'm dating him i'm excited because i get to go to a formal i'm like yeah i I finally have a boyfriend i can go to like a formal because the formals were always in nola which is new orleans and i was super excited and so we get to new orleans and he wants to go to a strip club and I'm like, I don't want to go to a strip club. Also, I don't know if I'm allowed like gamma alpha beta. Is, I don't think it's a classy thing for gamma alpha beta to go to a strip club. And he's just like, he's like, Oh, come on. It doesn't matter. Let's go. So I just go with him and um, we're sitting at one of the booths. And I have to say, this is like the bougiest strip club, the strip clubs that I had heard about, like you needed a black light to walk around. And this one was like, everyone's wearing Armani I swear Sean Connery was there. 
Um, it's like, um, I'm scared to sit on the, on the, you know, booth because it's so nice. Not because I'm scared that there's, um, human particles. Fluids. Yeah. Uh, like they yeah. need a black light on me. Maybe. Yeah, so, like, exactly. I'm the dirty one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly how I felt. <laughs> and we're sitting there and all of a sudden the light shift and this, stripper comes out and she starts dancing and she starts crawling towards me. And this is like, I think a thing when you go to strip clubs, it's like the girls want to like do stuff to the girls. Cause I think they're also just annoyed of like the gross men. And so I could tell she was coming towards me and I'm like mouthing to her, like, no, 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 do him. And my boyfriend was like, yeah. no, do her. And I'm like, no, seriously do him. And she was just like shook her head and was like, no girl. And just like comes up to me and starts to like, you know, consensually motorboat me. Motorboat you. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I'm like, what's happening? I'm also in my mind. I'm like, why is it called motorboating? This doesn't make any <laughs> sense to me. And so we're, she's fully doing this and just like really making intense eye contact with me. And I'm being really seduced and I'm being really pulled in so much that I have to excuse myself and I notice she goes to the bathroom. So I like follow her into the bathroom, but like act like I'm like, you know, just having used the bathroom. And she, I told her, I was just like, you know, I kind of, I kind of like lost my breath for a little bit. Well, I had no swagger then at all, but uh, whatever swagger that I thought I had, I, <laughs> I lost. And I'm just talking to her as she's putting on her makeup and I'm just like washing my hands. Like, uh, so, you know, that was, that was fun. That was a, that was a good time. Um, what's your name? <laughs> She's like, Bambi. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I'd love to, yeah, I'd love to, do you want to like hang out sometime? You know? As one does. <laughs> and she's just like, uh, yeah, you know, gives me your number. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'll just, I'll, uh, I'll see you later. And, uh, this was great. Uh, and you know, I'm sure just like the water and this running as I'm washing my hands and I'm sure she's getting all over my shirt. And I, I just look like a fucking, I look, I look chaotic. I am chaotic and I can't stop thinking about her. And that night after we leave the strip club, my boyfriend wanted to, well, he wanted to go to bed and well, he wanted to have sex first. And I told him no and didn't understand. He was like, we're in our sexual prime. And I'm like, okay, but like, I just can't right now. And so I sneak out of our hotel room to go back to find Bambi. And that's not safe to do, to be honest, as a, we'll say I'm 21. I'm fully not drinking, but right. I, let's say we'll say that I'm 21. Um, yeah. As a teenager in new Orleans, as a woman going by yourself to a strip club, it is not safe. And I was yeah. very drunk and I sneak out and I like go back to the strip club to find her. And I, I find out from the bouncer that she's not going to be on for like two fucking hours. So I wait, I like wait for her. Oh my God. And she finally comes on and, but she's at another fucking booth and so I see her going to the bathroom. So I go into the bathroom again. Our and spot. <laughs> where we first met. It's our meet cute. It was our meet cute. Uh, 
our meet friend cute and um, my head. And so I'm asking her again. I'm just like, and this time she's way more tired and because she's working late hours. And I'm like not understanding that she probably sleeps like three hours a night. And I was like, um, so, Hey again, this is weird. It's so weird running into (laughs) you. Um, in the same exact spot. And she goes, she goes, yeah, Oh, I'm just having a kind of a rough night. I'm just so tired. And I said, well, um, you want to like, you, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. First of all, uh, but you want to hang out? And she was like, you mean you want to get a room? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I can, yeah, I can get a room, whatever, whatever that, whatever, what is that? What do I do? And she goes, well, just talk to the bouncer and he'll, he'll help you out. Um, but I have to go. And I was like, okay. So I like let her go. And I'm like, all right, if you love something, let it go. (laughs) So I go and I talk to the bouncer and he gives me the menu and it's like $500 for 30 (laughs) minutes. I don't even think, I think it was for 15 minutes probably. And I, and at this point in my life, I maybe have $200 in my account maybe. And I'm trying to figure out how can I get $300 now. And I know for a fact, if I would have had $500 and that was it, I would have spent that money that night and paid for it, but I didn't. And so what, what did I do? I became obsessive and I went back to the hotel room, very sad. And I started texting her a lot and was just like, well, I just really would just like to hang out. You know, I'm sorry, I can't afford the room. Um, but you know, I think you're great. And I think we have, you know, I think we could be really good friends. And she's just like, she finally texts me back at like seven o'clock in the morning. And she's just like, well, what you're asking of me is not fair. Yeah. Which is true. (laughs) And I was heartbroken, but again, no fucking clue. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh my God. Um, but that should have been, that should have been the sign. And that was right before I had a mental breakdown. And I like how you said that should have been the sign when your book is like one sign after the other wrapped in a <laughs> all sign, the signs. just all of the signs, Sophie, but you know, who hasn't been there? Hindsight. Speaking of hindsight, when you look back to your time in the sorority, are there like certain moments where you're like, that's so gay. Like they made us do this thing and it's so like, I can't believe that it's not just a big room full of lesbians. Like, I don't know. Oh yeah. I mean the whole thing. I mean the fact that like (laughs) all of it, anything like, yeah, anything stand out as like, Oh, when we greet each other, we have to like kiss on the mouth or, (laughs) you know what actually like our, 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 you know what actually we made out every day. No, uh, you know what actually, we, our secret handshake had something to do with, and I don't remember it exactly, but it was definitely like a, like a, where you're like rubbing the inside of your hand That's foreplay. and like scratching it, which is foreplay, which was also like yeah. how they used to do it back in the Victorian era. Right. That was sex. So that was like a sec. That's like, because, you know, yeah. if you flip over the wrist of, of, of the lady and you kiss the palm and the inside, it, that means you want to fuck. Right. And so like, if you're scratching the inside, that is like fucking but on another level. Um, so those yeah. are things intimate. That, that's like, yeah, it's intimate. Yeah. Um, that means you care. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not just fucking, but it's lovemaking. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, even just like the rush process, like they would bring me in and then it would be like, you know, first of all, it's chaotic when they 
what what happens when you're like about to go into a house is these rokais again standing sentinel are like knock on the doors and the doors open and by the way the doors open at the same time in every single house so i think i said there were 16 houses yeah and so and then all of the women are perched on top of each other like <laughs> almost like a pyramid and smiling <laughs> And screaming at the top of their lungs and clapping um, to like these like chanting songs. And wow. then as soon and it's like high pitched, it's terrifying. It's like the it's kind of like if you saw Shrek, the Welcome to Duloc song that's like yeah. with the little robots, <laughs> yes, but like, yes. but imagine them all blown up, life size. And more uh, pearls. And yeah, more pearls. and just like Tiffany charm bracelets. Yes, <laughs> like exactly. Gleaming in the light. <laughs> and the hands that are clapping together are like Nicole Kidman when she was at the Oscars and she did the seal clap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so all of that's happening. But then once they're, you're about to come inside, they're all like, come inside, come inside, come inside, come inside. And they all split, like they part the seas like Moses. And then you were, were filing in, we're snaking in, and girls are like smiling at you and then putting their hands on your back. And then another girl puts their hand on your back and then another girl puts her hand on your back, another girl. Oh, and then man. finally the girl that's, that's your girl that's interviewing you is taking you through the house, hand on your back and has her hand on your back the entire time. And now, and now you're one and you're, you're on a one-on-one date. Well, that's just good customer service. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just efficiency. Honestly, that's just like, they worked out a system, but it was like that kind of thing. Um, and on pref night, which is the night that like is the more serious and somber night when they open the doors, like everyone's in a black dress holding a candle. Like there's no chanting. This is the time where you really need to decide like where you're going to be, you know, what's where you like, this is, this is more for you and not for them. It's you're going to church. You're going to a very, you're going to mass actually, yeah. not just church. Mm. Before we're at the Baptist church. Now we're at Catholic mass. Yeah. Catholic <laughs> Christmas mass. And, um, the girl who like brought me in sat next to me, like I'm sitting on some sort of cushion, an ottoman, if you will. And the girl, uh, was on her knees and she put her hands on my knees and was like, I mean, it was like this close. And when I say this close, I guess to the listeners was like almost nose to nose with her hands on my knees. And she was just like asking me how I was feeling. And to me, that's the gayest thing that that's you can so do. That's so gay. And oh, I, yeah. I mean, you're checking in with me. You are literally touching me. You're, you're doing it. I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask you to touch me. I'm okay with it, but you're, you're the one that's this close to me. So it's like, just even in the rush process alone was like fodder. Um, yeah. 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 Now I'm just thinking about it and I'm like, what? Did it? And I didn't know. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, people are knowing more and more now, you know, like with TikTok and just more information, the younger generation is figuring things out sooner. Do you think it's getting better or more accepting to queer people or is there more space for lgbtq rushies now or is it still always going to be this kind of heteronormative ritualistic thing i mean <laughs> uh, 
the short answer is no, but uh, I don't think I have the I don't think I have the say on this. But I mean, if it's if it if if the rush TikTok was any inclination of what <laughs> where they have come and how they have grown, it has just right. stayed a straight straight line, um, and there has been no variation, and it's just yeah. the same type of girl, just now younger than me. Yeah. Um, that's true. I just, um, I Googled like sorority gay, sorority lesbian, just like, and then mm-hmm. like sifted through porn uh, links and then made it to Greek life Reddit. Like, uh, and there is so, there are so many girls like from eight years ago, five years ago, just like, can you be a lesbian in a sorority advice? And like, I'm in love with this girl from this other house. Um, are they going to kick me out for being gay or just because like, it's another house? Like there's just, at least I guess maybe they, there's forums now for girls who are like the odd one out to at least communicate with each other. And that's maybe... Yeah, that's that is positive. I mean, yeah, I mean, I think at the time we had some really crazy rules. And I do think that if I think if if you were caught making out with a girl, you probably would have been reprimanded and you might have been kicked out because it's against standards. And there was a thing it was called standards and it was a group of appointed older, older girls, as we called them, juniors and seniors. And you'd have to go into a room and and kind of, they would tell you why you're in trouble and then you would state your case. And then they would say, well, regardless, this is why we feel the way. And then they'd fine you and they'd fine you like sometimes $200 if you, you know. What if you made out with a girl, but you were crossing your legs while you did it? (laughs) (laughs) Then you get a discount. Then you get a discount. Then then it's 150 because, you know, you were at least trying. You get more for your stripper fund. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to make it classy. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't know about it. They didn't. I told all of my friends, and no one said any. Like no one. It didn't. Clearly, it was kind of like no one cared about that. Um, but they didn't get the context. It was just like, oh my god, Sophie got a, a stripper's number. That's so dumb. That's just so dumb. <laughs> and I was just I like, swear. yeah. I was like, yeah, it was dumb. As I'm like thinking about her, I'm like, Bambi, what are you? What are you doing Bambi. Like, what's, what's going on Bambi Bambi come on <laughs> Bambi if you're listening yeah shout uh, out to Bambi <laughs> <laughs> I hope you made it through college she she was paying for college so I do hope yes. she made it through college yeah. she works so hard mm-hmm. well Sophie this has been so much fun uh, catching up uh, make make your pitch for the book for our <laughs> listeners where can they get it October 1st yeah so you can get it um, everywhere I mean you, your main bet is Amazon you can pre-order it now. Right now, it's actually a part of... Uh, when does this come out? It might still be a part of uh, the Amazon Reads program, where it's basically like Amazon's book club. And they pick like five books, which is really cool. And so mine's a part of that. So you can technically read it now um, at a much lower price. And I think you might even be able to read it for free. But if it's not... Um, if it's if it's past that, then October 1st, baby, it comes out. Um, it's going to be in bookstores. It might be in airports. It's going to be everywhere. Yeah, if you want to just hear about some more crazy shit in a in a fun coming of age story from a from a queer woman's perspective, I say buy it. I say buy it. I think it's really fun. I, I had a good time writing it. We had a good time reading it. And if they're not following you already, where can they follow you on social media? Oh yeah, so you can follow me at Sophie E Santos. 
um, on Instagram. That's really kind of the only place that I do stuff at. You can try TikTok. I have kind of tried TikTok, but I'm failing. And it is at the real Sophie Santos. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> because Sophie Santos was taken. It's for fun. It's fun for me. Um, I'm actually also like I do comedic music. So I have a bunch of music that's like dropping and that's going to be continuously be dropping. So you guys can check out my Spotify profile. But um, if it's if it's easier, all of my music, you can go access that through my Instagrams at Sophie E. Santos through my link tree. Um, and you can go and listen to my songs because that's what I'm that's my next big project. Amazing. Love it. So excited for that. Uh, you're so funny and so great. Sophie, thanks, thanks for diking out with us uh, a yeah. second time. And we'll see you, um, you know, in the in the meetings, the lesbian meetings. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Where we work on the agenda items. Onward. Yes. Onward. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And never stop. We'll never stop working. Yes. No. No. OK. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. And for those of you in New York or the tri-state area, uh, (laughs) if you're not going to our watch party on Friday, October 1st at Henrietta's, you should definitely go to Union Hall, 7 p.m. for Sophie's book release party. You know, I think there there could be some some lesbians there. You never know who's going to show up. Well, you know who put the book out? Joey Soloway. I know. I know. So go to Sophie's Instagram for more details on that. It should be a, a great time. A lot of fun. There's going to be a little after party. Maybe I'll try to swing by. We'll see. But check that out. And now it's time for a listener question. Okay. Or should I say Otay? Otay? Well, let me tell you this. This is the listener question. Is Otay a deal breaker for a platonic relationship? I have a person I work out with and coach with that seems like a person I could be friends with, but sometimes when we text, she says, Otay. Then I immediately pulled back talking to her because it's so weird. She is 41 years old and not saying it sarcastically. Do you have anything like this where someone seems cool, but then there is one thing they do or say that immediately makes you second guess everything about them? P.S. This is not a potential romantic relationship. She is married and straight and I'm gay and married and I'm not looking for a romantic partner. Okay. 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 Well, I don't know, Carolyn, if you've noticed from texting with me sometimes I say it. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I try not to with you. Uh, Nope. Nope. Intentional. My autocorrect (laughs) recognizes it corrects to it now because guess what i'm a millennial and the little rascals was a big movie for us and (laughs) that's what it's from for me yeah i mean that's what i assumed it was from i think this is pretty harmless and i don't think that that's not a deal breaker no and you're especially if it's not a deal breakers that it's just a quirk that's not you know If you think this person is really cool and it bothers you that much, maybe just tell them, hey, when you say Ote, I don't want to get into it, but it's low-key triggering for me. Blame it on an ex. Be like, I had an ex who said Ote a lot, and I don't like it. Can you please not text me that? Yeah. And then you can just move forward with this friendship unless this is always going to be the the woman who says Ote in your mind and... uh, it it's just ruined. This seems like such a particular. It's so funny to me, but I get it. There are some little quirks or little things that make me cringe really hard. With I'm my shocked friend. this listener is married. 
<laughs> if if these are the deal breakers, what are you married I... to a linguist, <laughs> a professor of medieval literature? I just want to be very clear when I say I can't believe you're married. Not a reflection on you. Just saying, like, if you're that picky, right, right, like, right. what what are the, what's the eliminating criteria for a spouse? If for a platonic relationship, it's saying ote <laughs> in a text. I think I've actually been a little embarrassed. I don't say Ote to everyone. It's like people I'm close with or like yeah. will like talk to or text with a lot. And I think I did withhold my Ote's from you because I felt like you would be someone that would cringe at that. No, I don't care. You know what? I say or I'll say or text things that at some point I found cringe in my life and I do it and I don't know why. Like sometimes you just do... They, like, remember that whole period where everybody was abbreathing everything? Everything was it's like still delish. happening. Yeah, like like the Rachel oh, Ray stuff. Yeah. Yamo. So sometimes I really like to abbreathe and <sighs> I feel I'm doing it, but I'm like, it feels right in the moment. I'm just going with it. Ote? Ote, like, dude. <laughs> Ote? What was the so, line? It's like, I'll give you a pickle for a nickel. How about two cents? Ote. <laughs> or something like that. But they called him. It was Buckwheat from Little Rascals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah who always said yeah. Ote. I think it's fine. That's our two cents. That's my biased opinion. Yeah. If you have any questions for us, send them in to dykingout at gmail.com. If you're a patron, let us know. We'll put that at the top of the list. You should be following us. We're getting so many followers on our Diking Out account. We're putting out so much more content. Again, shout out to Julia working our social media. Star, a star helping yes. us elder millennials out. Ugh, what an angel to the queer community yeah. is Julia. And uh, you can follow us on at Diking Out on the platforms. You can follow me at TGI Carolyn. You can follow me at Melody Kamali. I mean, if you're following Diking Out, why not follow me and Melody Don't as withhold. well? withhold. We give you so much. That's where I post any shows I'm doing. I haven't updated my website in like a year. So if you want to know when to see us doing our other comedy stuff, you got to follow us because mm-hmm. people are always like, oh, when do you have shows? Look at the stories, folks. That's yeah. where you're going to find it. Thank you so much for Diking Out with us this week. We hope you'll do it again. See you next Tuesday. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving God. And we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.